have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 21, beautiful song, goes right along with the message on heaven, amen. It's a great topic, because it's my home, amen. And I thought yesterday I was going to go to heaven earlier than I planned on, amen. <clears throat> I was cleaning gutters on the front side, we do not have gutters on the end of our house, and uh, while I was cleaning gutters, I disturbed a bunch of hornets in a hornet's nest. I have never in my life moved that quick in my life. I was still recovering from the volleyball game Sunday night. <clears throat> Couldn't hardly walk, but when about a when a horde of hornets starts after you, you forget all your aches and pains. <laughs> Amen. And uh, they chased me all the way the road. I hope my neighbors wasn't watching. Anyway, reminds <clears throat> of a fellow one time that was running from a bear, and the bear was getting closer and closer and. And finally, the guy that was running with him said, hey, I don't think we can outrun this bear. And the guy looked at him and says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you. <laughs> so I, I was hoping there was some slow guy that was on that ladder with me, but there wasn't. So then I just had to outrun them. You get it later. Amen. Okay. Revelation chapter 21. I appreciate you being here. A lot of you have been through a tough week. A lot of you have been through a good week. and A lot of people just simply forgot it was Wednesday. Amen. After uh, the holiday yesterday. But I hope you all had a good time with your family, and uh, I know I had a good time Sunday night playing volleyball with these young whippersnappers, and uh, I'll tell you the truth, it'll probably be a great while before I ever try that again, amen? I thought I could move. In my mind, I was diving for those balls, amen? And, and you know, I'm intense when it comes to sports, and um, so anyway, it was, a, it was a mistake. No, not really. All right, Revelation chapter 21, I wasn't going to read verse 4, but after that song I got to, it says, And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Let me add, I'm not adding to the Word of God, there'll be no more devil, there'll be no more sin, there'll be no more disappointment, no discouragement, depression will be unheard of, uh, depression has really made havoc of a lot of families lately, and uh, thank God, thank God it'll be a place of joy and rejoicing, it'll be a place of reunion, and then it'll be a place of rewards for your faithfulness. So heaven ought to be a great motivation. We're heavenly people, and we're pilgrims passing through, and our home is heaven, and we ought to live that way, amen? Some people are so grounded in this earth, uh, they're so heaven, uh, earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. We ought to be so heavenly minded, sometimes we're no earthly good. You ought to forget where you're going here on this earth, but never forget where you're going after you die, or after the rapture takes place. And uh, I'm going to start with verse 5, and I want you to stay in all the Word of God, and I might preach the whole chapter, but um, I was looking at the podcast, I appreciate Brother Blaine putting the podcast together, because Brother Kevin Hall has been on me for years to get some audio... Um, uh, addition to our sermons so he could uh, download them for his uh, preacher boys in South Africa because they can't pick up video. And so now they've got it. The only thing I was alarmed by was that Sunday morning messages have been a little long lately. I was looking at 46 minutes and 43 minutes and 45 minutes. Does that include the song or commercials or announcements? or That's straight preaching? Is that invitation? Is I'm asking you, Blaine. You're the one that downloaded it. Is that, that's not... Cody, it's no invitation. That's straight preaching. Hallelujah, okay. 
Okay, moving right along. And on Wednesday night, it was 30 minutes, amen? So I didn't know I preached that long. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. <laughs> and, um, but I enjoyed it. And uh, I'll try not to preach as long um, on Saturday afternoon. All right, look at uh, verse 5, okay? Verse 5, let's read it. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I love his voice, don't you? And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And let's read, go ahead and read verse uh, 9. It says, There came to me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I'll show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and, and showed me that great city, Holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful singing and the worship. Thank you for this good attendance, God, on this holiday week. It's amazing that this many people left in town. And I thank you for them coming to church. And Lord, I pray that we'd worship you in spirit and truth. And Lord, we, we do thank you for the way that we can get the broadcast out even over to uh, South Africa and other mission fields. I know it's an encouragement uh, to these uh, folks, especially that are learning the language and can't hear any preaching in, in their own language in English, except by the podcast, and by the videos. And Lord, we thank you for our media ministry. We thank you for our senior citizen ministry that we're praying for, especially this week. And Lord, thank you for Brother Keith Shoemaker, just old country boy from Rome, Georgia, digging wells, but Lord, reaching souls. On the, on, on the west side of Africa. Lord, thank you for using his life. May we pray for him extra this week and for the mission trip to join him. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us, Lord, to realize how wonderful it is to be a child of the King on the way to heaven instead of hell. And God, may we never take it for granted. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, I got an outline on both sides. And uh, before I got in the door good, my proofreader told me I'd made a mistake. Had the wrong date on the back. So that's Saturday. I've got to continue this message to be say out so I won't say I got the wrong date on the back. But anyway, thank you for Brother, Brother Larry. I'm going to make you my proofreader. But um, he caught it right off the bat. But it's the first mistake I made today. No, not, not really. You know, today most people look at neighborhoods when they move in. And uh, they like a good neighborhood. And only uh, good for property value, but I'm telling you it's good for the future value of your children's association. They'll be the same people they are by who they hang around with this time next year and the books they read. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's positive peer pressure and there's devilish peer pressure. But I want you to notice the neighborhood of hell this afternoon. Hell's a terrible place. It's a place of darkness. It's endless pain and filth. It's a place of hate and sin. It's a place of noise and agony. 
It's even a place of blasphemy and swearing against God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to hang around people like that. I want to reach them. And I believe we ought to be friends to sinners, but not friendly sinners. Say amen. We don't join them. And I want you to notice, and I want you to look at this as I, as I sort of review on verse 3 through 7, I see the voices from eternity. I see this voice, first of all, the great voice. Verse 3, it says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them, and be their God. With all the streets of gold, and I'm about to describe this from verses 9 through 27. We see the greatest thing about heaven is that Jesus will outshine them all. And the greatest thing about heaven is we're going to be with our loved ones one day, but folks, we're going to be with the one that loved us enough to die and give himself a ransom for our sin. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the comforts of heaven. Amen? I mean, no more aches and pains. Uh, the last time I got stung by hornets, uh, I had a long leg cast. I was in some crazy lake next to it, heart while I wasn't in it, until the hornets got after me. I was fishing, I believe it was, and I hit the hornet's nest. And I, do I jumped in the lake with a long leg cast on. I mean, it was up to my hip. Thank God the water was six inches deep. And all those hornets hit me in the back, about 19 of them, and it sent me to the emergency room. I'm allergic to those things. So you know something? I could have been in heaven yesterday. You never know what's going to take you out. I'd hate to think my obituary would say, he got stung into heaven. That'd be, that'd be bad. Praise God. I hope I'd be on the mission field or something. Say amen. But I want to tell you something, friend. You never know. And the great voice that's announcing the presence of God is going to be enough. You know, no matter whatever heaven is, and it's comfort, no more pain, no more agony, no more cancer, no more heartaches, no more goodbyes, as the song says, just no more. No more darkness of sin. I, I mean, I hate sin, don't you? I love the sinner, but I hate what sin does to people and families. I hate the heartache of it, don't you? I mean, it's, it's terrible what sin can do to, to, our, to a heart. And carnality finds no excitement about the blessings of heaven. But spiritual people look forward to heaven. And I see the second announcement is about the, uh, the pity of God. In verse 4, He wipes away the tears. And, he, and, and, and uh, he, he, uh, John's vocabulary was not enough to describe what he was seeing. And he said, no more. There'll be no more uh, death, no more sorrows, no more crying. Uh, neither shall there... Uh, be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And then I see seven subjects are spoken of by, about. First of all, creation. Verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And then we see the calligraphy of it, the writing. I wanted to use a word to uh, start with a C. But John gets so overwhelmed, I believe he drops his quill or his pen. He didn't have a bick, he had a quill probably, and some ink. And he probably just, his mouth, he didn't lose his awe as I preached against Sunday night. Folks, America's lost its awe. I mean, we don't stand amazed in the presence of God. We don't reverence God like we should. We don't fear God. It's more entertainment in the house of God now instead of, of unction and, and, uh, and intercession and brokenness. And, and folks, if it's, if it's not entertaining, people don't come. And folks, you want to have a three-ring circus and jugglers for Jesus, and 
smoke coming up from the platform in some rock and roll band, you'll pack the place out. But we're not going to have it here because I don't believe that's the way to worship. I don't, blame you, I don't believe you bring the world into the church. I believe the church ought to go out into the world and be different. But folks, I want you to know, he said, write it down. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, one of my favorite verses to use at a funeral. I'll probably use it at your funeral. If the hornets don't get me after church, uh, then you'll use it at my funeral. Amen? But look at this. In Revelation 14, 13, it says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write. See, sometimes I believe John was just overcome by the glory of God. He couldn't write. You ever got so much out of a message you couldn't take notes? Good. Amen. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. She's responsive too. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, God help us that we don't get so caught up in our, 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 our things and problems and trials that we don't get caught up in the third heaven uh, thinking about going to heaven and that we're saved, saved, saved. You know, sometimes when you get discouraged, you ought to just think about something. You're saved. This is all going to be over one day. Thank God. Folks, you, you're going to heaven and not hell. But look at this. Blessed are they that... Or die in the Lord, not die in the third pew. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit. Thank God nobody's on the third pew. And they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow. It says we'll rest from our labors. Folks, this is not our rest. That's why I can't rest Saturday morning. I can't stay in and watch cartoons if I watch cartoons. I can't sleep in. I must go visit it. I must go knock on that door. I must tell somebody about Jesus because He's real to me. And heaven is wonderful and hell is terrible. And there is a big eternal difference. And men and ladies and boys and girls that are not saved are going to hell. That's what ought to move us. That there's a reality of eternity. And folks, the Creator um, said, right. And then here's communication. These words are true and faithful. You can trust God's Word. 1,500 years, 44 different authors, and not one contradiction. Show me one. There's not one. The heathens try to find some, but there's not a contradiction in the Word of God. And then I see the completion in verse uh, 6, I believe it is. It said, and he said to me, it is done. And folks, he said it is finished at the cross of Calvary. But here he's saying it's done. I've got heaven prepared for a prepared people. It's ready for and waiting for you. It is done. Christ is faithful. He will finish the good work. You know, folks, we've got to realize that this is not our finished product. This is not the end of the story. This is earth, and we're passing to heaven. And folks, we ought to realize that God wants us not to say, I'm finished, I'm done, but we ought to thank God that He has finished all the work, and I want to tell you something, legalism, mixing works with grace, will not save you. Matter of fact, I want to tell you something, law binds people. Law uh, um, saddens people. If you're, if you're a law keeper trying to get saved, you are sad because you're never going to measure up. But if you're saved by grace, you ought to be happy that it's done. It's finished. And then we see the Christ in this, uh, in this uh, fifth subject that he brings up. In verse 6 he says, he says this, he says, And I said to me, it is done, I am. That's enough right there, I am. 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That reminds me of Revelation where we started. How long ago did we start this study? About a year ago? I think it's a year, year ago we started Revelation. But I thank God for this year as we study this amazing book. But I love what the Bible says in verse, chapter 1, verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. That's a good scriptural word, Baptist. You ought to use it once in a while. Amen. I means so be it. And then it goes on to say, And I have the keys of hell and of death. I have the keys of hell and of death. Folks, we ought to fear God. We ought to respect God because He has the He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the I Am. When they came for Jesus in the garden, and Peter almost cut that guy's head off, missed and cut his ear off. I think his name was Malchus. And uh, he they said, Hey, we won't we we're looking for Jesus. And he said the words, I am. And those soldiers fell back on their back like a turtle in the middle of a Florida highway and couldn't get up. They were slayed in the spirit. When I was coming up, there was this crazy show lady named Catherine Kuhlman. She was a female preacher, which I don't believe there is such thing. Because the Bible says you must be the husband of one wife. And I ain't never figured out how a, wife, a female could be a husband of one wife. The Bible also says you serve no authority spiritually over a man. That's what the Bible says. But folks, Catherine Kuhlman used to slay people in the spirit. It was amazing. And I, I catch myself sometimes watching that junk, excuse me, that stuff. And I mean, she'd hit them in the head. Boom! Big old men. Boom! If they, didn't, if they didn't fall down, she had these two big old bodyguards, and they'd just sort of pull them down. Amen? You can tell that was fake. And I thought to myself, what in the world's going on? And I thought, man, I, I should have power like that. And I want to tell you something, friend. I put people to sleep preaching, but I ain't never slayed anybody in this, in this spirit. Y'all nod and you don't come back up. <laughs> and I'm always drawn to the one that's asleep. I mean, there could be somebody jumping pews and I wouldn't notice, but you go to sleep, I, I know you. I see you. That's the devil, isn't it? Trying to discourage you. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then verse 6 says this, and this is wonderful. It says, it says I will give unto him. Folks, listen, we ought to have a craving for the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to have a thirst for God. Folks, we ought, to, we ought to look forward to heaven, but we ought to look forward to heavenly joy, heavenly peace right now. We ought to come expecting. I told my wife on the way up here, I said, honey, let's go, let's go, let's go to church expecting. I said, if we don't, nothing's going to happen. I started preaching in the car, praise God, before I got here. She catches it all the time. She loves it, though. She says I'm her favorite preacher. She lies a lot, says I preach great messages every time I preach. But keep on doing it, hon, because it's an encouragement. Folks, listen. I will give. Folks, listen. If you're starving, if you're hungry, if you're empty, God is the solution. God will fill your need. I wish people on drugs would believe that. I wish people that were hooked on themselves would believe that. I wish people that are full of pride would believe that. I wish people that are searching 
for reality and religion and law keeping and, and legalism would believe that. Folks, God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And I'll give unto Him what? That is a thirst. Listen, if you're not coming here thirsty, you're not going to get a thing. It's just like this whole room is full of radio waves. There's rock and roll music coming through here. There's gospel music coming through here. Can you see them now? I'm hallucinating. And uh, you see all these waves. There's contemporary rock music coming through here. There's uh, old-fashioned gospel music coming through here. But I want to tell you something. Unless you have a receiver and you're tuned to that channel, you're not picking it up. And let me say this. God's got a message for you. But I've seen people sit through a service and not get a blooming thing out of the message because not the preacher's fault. Sometimes it is, I admit. But it's, we, have it, we have it come by the Holy Spirit to listen. Several times in chapter 2 and 3 and 4, it says, listen to what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Listen. We're so busy talking and asking God for things, we don't listen. And folks, one of the greatest blessings is when you hear from heaven. And you get thirsty for God. And in context, God gives you His Word. Look at verse 7. I see consecration of life. And it says, and so, wait a minute. Verse 6 says, He'll give you what? A fountain of water of life freely. A fountain never runs dry. And folks, I want to tell you something. He'll make you a living fountain. Look at John chapter 7, please. John chapter 7, verse 29. Some of my favorite verses. John chapter 7, and verse 20, 37. The Bible says, In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now listen to this. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now listen to this. But this spake he of the Spirit, which which they that believe on Him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. In other words, Pentecost hadn't come where He went up and the Holy Spirit came down. Before then, the Holy Spirit would come and go. But folks, after the day of Pentecost, the Lord filled the church. And the Bible says in John chapter 14, He'll never leave you or forsake you. You don't lose the Holy Spirit. You might lose the joy of your salvation, but you don't lose your salvation. And so we see the craving... But thank God we see the satisfaction of it. And then the Bible says uh, in verse 7, the consecration of it. It says, And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. What a relationship. Let me say this. You ought to thank God you've got a relationship with the living God and that you're in God's will. That's a little foretaste of heaven. Ephesians 1.14 says you can have the earnest of heaven. That means the down payment of heaven. And it's the Holy Ghost in you. And that's heavenly peace, heavenly joy, heavenly power. His heavenly presence. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so folks, don't wait to heaven to be happy. Yield to the Spirit of God and be holy. And then as you're holy, you'll be happy. John 15, 1-11. Read it sometimes. And so he that overcometh. Now folks, that tells me a lot of people read that out of context. They said, there it is, you've got to keep overcoming to inherit all things. You got to keep the law. You got to do this. You got to do that. But folks, if you'll look back to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, you'll find out how you overcome. And there's only one way you can overcome. Look at it. 
In 1 John 4, 5, 4 and 5. Chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. Let's study our Bible. Amen? It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our, what? Faith. Look at verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? God answers your question. How do you become an overcomer? But he that, it says, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Folks, you're an overcomer when you let the overcomer overcome through you. Amen? I almost said when you let the liver live through you. Amen? When you let the lover live through you, love through you. When you let him be who he is through you, that is overcoming. And if you try to overcome sin in your own strength and keeping the law and, and your do's and don'ts and in your religion, you will be most miserable because you'll fall on your proverbial spiritual face. You've got to yield to Him. So the Christian life is not a matter of wheeling and dealing and keeping this rule and keeping that rule. It's yielding to the Spirit of God and letting Him be who He is through you and you will be overcoming because this, by Christ, Satan is defeated. Amen? How do you overcome hell? Well, here's verse 8. It says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable, right in the middle of this beautiful chapter on heaven, he pulls in this conjunction, but the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And so, folks, we see that um, here, here, here it is, we're eternally saved, we're part of the family of God, and then we see this verse on the lost. There's, there's eternity. For the lost. And as I said this in the introduction, you choose your neighborhood. How would you like to live in the neighborhood of hell for the rest of your life? I mean, friend, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The site is of Christ's rejectors. It's a lake that burneth with uh, fire and brimstone. And folks, the Bible tells us that uh, there's a lost in eternity. Point B in your outline if you're looking on your outline. And the dwelling of the lost, the sight of Christ's rejectors. It's a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. They say brimstone's the hottest fire that you can possibly imagine. And it's dark, dismal fire. And folks, listen, uh, the outer darkness is described in Matthew 8, verse 12. Let's look at that verse. Matthew chapter 8, verse 12. I like light, you can tell. You can get a suntan. Walking in our sanctuary, amen, almost. Somebody told me I ought to wear um, those glasses that turn to sunglasses, because I have to have sunglasses to drive. That way people won't recognize me, <laughs> no. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I mean, I have to have sunglasses, brother, I, mean, I just have to. It's a glare, it just bothers my head or my eyes or something. And folks, I want to tell you something, if I had that in this auditorium, I'd have sunglasses on all the time. This is bright, isn't it? I love it. I don't like a dark auditory. If there's one bulb out, I'll catch it. There was lights out, the spotlights were not on, and I, I caught it as soon as I came. I said, man, this is, this is like a cave in here. Where's the light? I love light, don't you? And he's going to be the light. But I want you to see this in, in uh, Matthew 8, um, verse 12. The Bible says this, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. So, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was... He, was healed in the safe sound hour. 
That's a picture of hell. It's outer darkness. It's so much darkness that you can feel it. I don't like darkness. I don't believe you ought to teach your kids to be afraid of the dark, having lights on all the time. That's a waste of electricity. By the way, our electricity bill went up $650 in one month, from $1,000 to $1,650 because of vacation Bible school. It's worth every cent. Amen? That's a high, but see, when you walk out of a room, cut the light off around here. Amen? But I like it when you walk in a room and it's bright and happy and joyful. It's not this. We can paint these walls black and have strobe lights and smoke coming up if you want to, but that reminds me of hell, not heaven. Amen? Come on now. I offended somebody. But anyway, listen. God help us to realize it's a place of outer darkness and it's a place of eternal torment. Look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. We'll get back to our chapter. The Bible says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, it's a place of thirst. It's a place of gnawing agony of remembering in your lifetime you had opportunities to be saved, but you did not believe. And so folks, the neighborhood of hell is terrible. I'd hate to think that I lived on a street full of whoremongers and adulterers and sorcerers, drug addicts. That'd be a terrible neighborhood, wouldn't it? I think I'd move out. I mean, that's, that's terrible to say, but I want to tell you something. If you, if you don't get saved, if you're lost, or if you know somebody that's lost, they're going to live in that neighborhood forever. I wouldn't go to hell for the people you'd have to rub elbows with the rest of your life. One person told me, he says, well, I would come to church, but um, there's too many hypocrites in the church. And I want to tell you something. If you hide behind someone, you're littler than they are. Say amen. You need to look to Jesus. He's perfect. And nobody else is. And folks, I want to tell you something. There is a lot of Christians that are not walking the walk. They're just talking the talk. And they are stumbling blocks into hell. But I want to tell you something, friend. We need to realize that, folks, when we get to heaven... When we get to heaven, it's going to be eternal forgiveness and bliss and happiness and joy. But when we get to hell, it's going to be a place where all the Christ rejectors will be there. It's the second death. The first death is separation from soul and body. The second death is a separation of the soul from God. They'll be cast again into the lake of fire. They've been in hell or Hades, like jail, and then they'll face the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20, 10 through 15. And they'll be cast into the lake of fire. They'll face the judge, the almighty judge. John chapter 9, verse 29 says, it'll be Jesus on that throne. But folks, listen. What really grieves my heart is verse 8. It starts out with one word. The first description of a person in hell, but the fearful. The fearful. You know why a lot of people won't get saved? They're afraid of what people will think. I'm going to tell you something, friend. Don't go to hell because of your pride. Some people won't get, come down this altar saying, well, they might think I'm a sinner. Yeah, they will. And they, and they knew they were too. And the wisest decision you'll ever make is get saved. Amen? It don't matter what people think. It's what God knows. And folks, people live crazy lives on what people think. Oh, I don't know, the crowd's telling me to go jump off the cliff. You go jump off the cliff. And the crowd's telling you to go to hell. You're going to go to hell? Folks are fearful. Folks, we need to have courage to confess that we're sinners and courage to confess that He's the Savior. 
Then look at the next word, next person in hell, the unbelieving. And by the way, that's the only sin that will send you to hell. Somebody asked me, what is the unpardonable sin? It's the sin of unbelief for the last time. There's no other unpardonable sin. Some people think it's this and this. They equate it. Anything they hate, they, oh, that's an unpardonable sin. No, folks, the unpardonable sin is when you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible says the wage of sin, singular, is death. It didn't say the wage of sins. And so the root cause of every person in hell is they just didn't believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there'll be some other people in hell that I don't want to rub elbows with. And I'm not. The abominable. You know the word abominable, what it means in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament? It means it makes God sick. It means it stinks in the nostrils of God. He said men with men is abomination. Ladies trying to look like men are an abomination. It is abomination. Don't you think that the Lord's looking down on the last laws that were passed by that wicked Supreme Court, thank God it's getting straightened out a little bit now, when they said it's all right for men to marry men, and it's all right for ladies to marry ladies, and it's all right to change your sex. Folks, that's the ultimate rebellion against the Creator to say, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. I want to tell you something, that's warped. And that's perverted. And you won't hear that in biology class, probably. You will from a good Christian teacher. But I'm telling you this, friend. It's wicked. It's sick. But it's not just sick or you can take a pill and get healed of it. It's sinful. And the Bible says it's abomination. There'll be people in hell that are just abominable. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go live in eternity with child molesters. Now, I'll try to reach the child molester, and I've witnessed to many in jail. Brother Larry, you meet them all the time. I was in jail down in South Alabama. One this guy to the Lord on death row. Boy, it was a blessing. He really got saved. I really believe that. But then I went into this uh, cell, and all these men were dressed up like women. It was sickening. They had their little scarves on, and even had lipstick on. I looked around at the ward. I said, why do you put up with this junk? I didn't say it out loud. I wanted to stay there for a while. I'd hand them a handkerchief, and one of them says, could I have a pink one? I said, no. I'm going to have a white one like a man, praise God. Blow your nose on it. No, no, I didn't, I didn't say it. That's abomination. And folks, to take a little kid away from their parents paint their little fingernails up and curl their hair in a, and seduce them and kill them and leave them on the beach of Florida is wicked. And that happened several years ago. And I'll tell you what, I'd have to have a sanctified moment if they did that to my child. But folks, these people will be in hell. They're abominable. The people that make you sick, make God sick. Now, we ought to reach them all. We ought to reach the homosexual. We ought to reach the lesbian. I'm not saying that we hate the sinner, but we sure shouldn't love the sin. And we ought to preach against it like I did Sunday morning, praise God. I preached against everything that moved that was wrong. 
And the devil tried to jump on my back time I got home saying, you ran everybody off. Well, praise God, I don't know if it was the homemade ice cream or the cake or the ham sandwiches, but there was a big crowd here Sunday night. Amen. And I was sure glad. Amen. I'll never forget the first time. It was July 4th. and It was the 27th week of our existence. And on the 21st week, we had 174 in Sunday school and almost 200 in church. And we had to move out of that little white house and go to uh, the middle school in Dalton. We had 11 baptized in the Conestoga River. And uh, Miss Ray was one of the first ones baptized. And I baptized her downstream and I couldn't get her up. And I finally got her up and I said, Miss Ray, are you glad you've been saved? And she said, I'm glad I'm alive. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. The first baptism her. And that was her son-in-law that died last night. My little five-year-old granddaughter was named after her. And I want to tell you this, friend. We need to realize that God is merciful to anyone that will call on Him. Whoremongers, child molesters, sorcerers. We get the word paramakia, where we get the word pharmacy from that word. It means drug addicts. I want to tell you something, friend. Meth addicts will steal their mother's washer and dryer for another drug. And we know it happened, Brother Larry. We was working with that fella named Mike. And he stole his precious old grandmother, mother. She was old enough to be a grandmother. Washer and dryer and went and sold it for drugs. That's the day I wanted to whoop a drug addict, but I didn't. I just said, how could you do that, Mike? He died a premature overdose. I preached his funeral. Sin, I hate it. I love the sinner. But I'm telling you what, friend, the Bible says sorcerers, idolaters. One preacher mis mispronounced that and said idolaters. <laughs> and if you get an idol, you will have the wrong idols. Amen. Idolatry. You know what I, the greatest idol in America is? Self. Money, prestige. Folks, we should never let our children think that that's the goal in life, to be popular. The goal in life is to be like Him. Amen? i got to close my times up. Podcast says I've been going 45 minutes. No. Take that thing off the air. No, listen, it goes on to say this. Listen now. I love it. Anything to help those preachers. It says... The neighborhood of hell and liars. I'm going to close right there. I knew it wouldn't get very far. You got two pages of notes. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll take up where we left off last, next Wednesday. But I want to tell you something, friend. The devil is a liar. And let me just say this the devil will get you lying to yourself, and you'll become a liar. You say, Oh, I'm saved. And you know you're not. No fruit. And folks, the devil will lie you into hell. The devil will deceive you into hell. The devil is the angel of light. He doesn't come on as some pitchfork, red tail, horned being. You'd recognize him. He comes on as an angel of light. And he deceives you into lying that sin won't catch you. It will. Sin, you can get away with it. Sin's enjoyable. It is for a season. I want to tell you something, the end of it is bitter wormwood. Oh, if you only knew.
Folks, listen. The faults of fires will be full of hell. The murders will be in hell. The abortionists will be in hell. The abominable, the whoremongers. But folks, the unbelieving will be in hell. And the fearful will be in hell. There will be good moral people in hell that just was afraid to admit that they were saved and they didn't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed in some doctrine and some dogma and some religion and they're religious but lost. Every Catholic you witness to in Dalton, Georgia, they say, oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. I've never met... I'm trying to see if we had any Hispanics here. I've never met an Hispanic who didn't think they were saved. You know why? Because at the age of 12, they took the communion and literally the bread became His body and the juice became His blood and they took Jesus in. That's false. That's a false religion. That's as bad as saying baptism saves you. Lord's Supper doesn't save you. It's a picture of being saved. Say amen. But folks, you try to talk them out of their, your sal- their salvation and say, oh, no, no, no. No, I, 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 I've been saved all my life. I've been saved. I've been confirmed. And folks, they're going to be in the neighborhood of hell with all the abominable people. Folks, let's get a burden for the religious but lost. Let's get a burden for the moral and lost. Let's get a burden for these wicked people. Folks, there's a big difference in the beautiful heaven and the dark, dismal place called hell. I don't know about you, but I want to get a burden for souls. I was out knocking on the door Sunday, Saturday morning with Brother Chris. We was having a good time. It seemed like every visit. And if everybody that said they were Going to come and come, we couldn't have held the people, but they didn't all come. But I thought about while I was out, I'd plug in this tape and I started listening to the second part of that tape from by Jewel Smith on the Martyr's Bible. And he was and he was preaching about all these people that died and was burned at the stake and imprisoned and separated from their kids and their family all their life because they stood for this book. And they shared this book and they even preached this book on the streets. And they went to jail and they gave their life for this book. And I thought to myself, Chris, I didn't say this out loud. I said, who am I to be afraid to knock on this next door? I've got the truth. And it's the difference in hell and heaven. And that's why when that grandmother says, I am so glad uh, my little grandson got saved. And I looked at her and said, are you saved? Do you know if you died, you'd go to heaven? She said, oh, yes, yes, yes. I've been saved a long time, about about 12 years old, about the same age as my grandson. I said, well, that's great. Folks, when are we going to get bold enough to share the Bible? When are we going to get broken enough? When are we going to get burdened enough? Folks, it doesn't matter what people think of you. It's what they think of God. And folks, whether they think they're saved or lost, God only knows. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. There is a hell, and it's a terrible neighborhood, and there is a heaven. And I think it's an injustice to go to heaven by yourself. Let's pray. Father, I've preached too long again, but dear Lord, How do you preach on all of heaven and hell in 30 minutes? Lord, I'm burdened. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm satisfied with you. And I'm so excited that I'm going to heaven and I don't have to worry about dying. But God, I sure am concerned about so many people in this neighborhood and so many people 
that are religious but lost. They're coming from foreign countries and their religion's coming with them. And dear God, they think they're saved when they're not because they've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Lord, give us a burden to see more people go to heaven with us. And give us a burden to warn people about the dark, terrible, painful, wicked place of eternal fire in hell.